shines bright in the Kentucky Derby. And it's American Pharaoh pulling away late. American Pharaoh rules the Derby. Welcome to this week five of the Courier Journal's Derby HQ podcast. My name is Jonathan Littner. I cover horse racing in Louisville, Kentucky. I use this podcast each week to reach out to some people around the country, talk about Kentucky Derby preps and, and the overall scene. Um, this week we have one major prep. It's uh, Oaklawn's Rebel Stakes, a grade two $900,000 race in Arkansas. Full field of 14 horses, including the winner coming back from the Southwest. That's sudden breaking news. He has the outside post position, number 14. A couple spots inside of him is Whitmore. He's trained by Ron Monquette. Broke his maiden at Churchill Downs. Ran the Delta Downs jackpot. Um, ran second in the Southwest, a sudden breaking news. We'll have Ron on the podcast this week. He'll, he'll start off as a featured guest of sorts. And then, uh, you know, we'll get to talking to some other folks. Uh, we got Churchill Downs spokesman Darren Rogers. They uh, tracked close its future wager last weekend, pool number three. Darren's got some insight on, on some of the, the longer shots that maybe we should watch and also gives his hunch on the Rebel Stakes. Um, that, by the way, a race won a year ago by American Pharaoh and the Daily Racing Forum's Mary Rampolini was there to see it. She'll also join us. She's the uh, paper's Mid-South correspondent. She covers everything down there, everything in Louisiana and, and Arkansas. She's seen all the horses train up locally to the Rebel Stakes and, and will offer some pretty unique insight in that regard. We'll get started now with, with Ron. He's a Churchill Downs regular. He had far right running last year's Derby, and I, I would call him a rising star of the sport. He's won uh, some of Churchill's biggest races, um, still obviously shooting for the biggest one, and uh, Whitmore is his latest prospect. Pleased to have on the show this week, Ron Maquette. He's the trainer of Whitmore, who will go in this weekend's Kentucky Derby prep. It's the Rebel Stakes at Oakland Park. Uh, Ron, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, how's this horse looking? I mean, we, we know him as a, as a big seven and a quarter length uh, maiden winner at Churchill Downs back in November. He, he's won again in Allowance Company. And, and you know, for, for a moment there, it looked like in the Southwest Stakes last month that he was going to be a winner of that race too i mean are, are you expecting uh, or, or i guess what kind of effort do you think you'll get on saturday from him i i expect him to move forward um he's uh he's shown to have a lot of talent and he's been very willing to uh to uh to progress each race so uh i'm i'm uh i'm looking forward to, to the opportunity to run him again and and hopefully he can uh he can improve on last race performance in that race, he came from off the pace, and, and so did Sudden Breaking News, the winner, who was you know 15 lengths back a quarter into the race. I mean, you look at the fractions up front, it was you know 23 and change and, and 47 flat, basically. Did you feel like, you know, is that his ideal trip to come from that far back? Or, or I mean, what, where would you like to see him on Saturday? Well, as long as he's in a comfortable position, I think he's got a, a very fast cruising speed, and and he's still able to bring a kick with that. Uh, you know, we, uh, we as trainers are always looking for the perfect trip, and uh, then we want a horse that's good enough to overcome some adversity. Uh, I think that he's, uh, he's a horse that can overcome some adversity, and he's getting to be uh, a horse that can overcome a lot more. But uh, when you got 14 horses in there, you just want a, a safe trip to where you're, 
you're trying to save ground when you can and you don't have to use a lot in in uh in any wasted uh wasted sense and then you've got plenty of horse left to kick down the stretch yeah, I wanted to ask you, but this is a horse that you personally own a stake in, and, and you went through the, the whole Derby trail and the process last year with Far Right. Um, you know, how was that experience just as a trainer to go through, and, and how do you feel like it might be different when, when you you know own a part of a horse that, that could do the same thing? Well, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's very cool to think that you might get own and train a horse in the, in the Kentucky Derby. I mean, for me being a lifelong fan of the sport, uh, you know, besides being involved in it, it's uh, the fan side of me will be giddy and and uh, pumped up and excited. But the uh, the competition as a trainer is is there too. I, I would like to leave my mark. You know, I work very hard in this game and and would love the opportunity to leave my mark. And there's nothing that could could immortalize you more in our sport than to perform well in the Kentucky Derby. So. Uh, we want to, you know, our motto is, is do better. No matter what, you do better every year. And, and we're trying to get back to the uh, to the first Saturday of May with an opportunity to try to do do just that, and that's do better. And, and, and Whitmore, a horse, you told me back in November, he, he's named after a friend of yours growing up, Wilbur Whitmore, who was a fantastic high school athlete. Uh, have you kept in touch with that guy? I mean, what, what does he think of the ride that this horse is on? He's excited. He's a... Uh, you know, I'm trying to get him involved in, in you know, the world's coolest sport. He's uh he's never he's never been, you know, that into thoroughbred horse racing, but you know, I've been, I've uh lassoed him in this way. So uh he's I think he's following it more and I know that his friends are following it because they're my friends and they're constantly giving him a hard time and uh you know, it's it's kinda of fun and I I think he's excited. He's uh he showed quite a bit of excitement the last race and and uh you know I'm I'm hoping it'd be a good deal if I could get him to come to the Arkansas Derby should we be good enough to go and uh and maybe even to the Kentucky Derby that would be fun you mm-hmm. know I, no, not very many folks from where I'm from's got a Kentucky Derby horse named after him so <laughs> it would be unique for him. As somebody who's who's been around athletics and, and things other than horse racing and, and you you know you look at your horse. What is it that, that makes him stand out from an athletic standpoint or, or, you know, from his pedigree or, you know, what, what kind of makes him a star in your opinion? In, in my opinion, what makes him is, first off, he's very versatile. He's very talented. And he doesn't, he does he likes to, you know, to uh, kind of boss his, his influence around. He doesn't, he, he likes to, he likes to be the one making the decisions and, and, you know, when you're going a mile and a quarter uh, the first Saturday of May, you're, you know, you're asking a lot of these horses to do something they've never done. So you need that cocky confidence, that swag, if you will. You need that in these animals to be able to go out there and feel like they can do something they've never done before. And he's, uh, he's got swag all around. I mean, he is, he is as cocky as it gets. How does how does the Oakland Derby Trail help a horse in that regard? When you talk about the, the the tests of the Derby, but also the atmosphere of it and being around all those people. I mean, I, I know you look back at last year's Arkansas Derby, and there were just a ton of people there. And you know, part of that was American Pharaoh, but also just the, the you know the festival atmosphere and all that. Can you get really a better prep in that sense to to be around that many people? Well, in my opinion, no. This is uh, you're going to have you're going to have a lot of people come. 
to Oaklawn. I mean, you're going to have talented horses, large fields, and large crowds making a whole lot of noise. So that sounds awful familiar. You know, it's not uh, it's not going to be that many horses at the Kentucky Derby. It won't be that as many uh, people in the stands as the Kentucky Derby, but it'll be more than it is offered anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, uh, the racing secretary and the the, uh, the starter and all these guys believe that, that what we're doing is a, is given at Oakland is given a Derby runner the experience he needs should he be talented enough to uh, to win the Kentucky Derby. And I guess in that sense, it's it's no coincidence that you've got you know Bob Baffert consistently shipping horses in. He'll have Cupid, one of his maiden winners, in there Saturday. Uh, Doug O'Neill sent Rallis, a Grade One hopeful winner, to the to the Rebel. Are, are the you know those outside horses when they, when they come in and, and you don't maybe really know what to expect? I mean, are you looking at other horses or do you just look at your horse when you evaluate things? Yeah, it's kind of like right. Uh, I'll, you're from Kentucky, so I'll, I'll explain it to you like basketball. You basically, when Coach K brings in a group of a group of athletes and they're all out there shooting and dunking, you always look at look at them before they you know they suit up and see what they're what they're going to bring. And then whenever it's tip off, it's it's every man for himself. You can look like a great athlete. You can be bred to be a great athlete, but you know now it's whenever the uh, the execution and the heart comes into play. And, and are you a basketball fan too? I saw that the other horse you were considering for the race is the the one name for Wayman Tisdale. Yeah, yeah, I am definitely a basketball fan. I'm every kind of sports fan, from MMA to you know, I haven't got on the the NASCAR kick, but about every other every other sport I'm into. And this horse Tisdale was named by an owner of mine that uh, was a graduate of OU and a huge fan of Wayman Tisdale. And uh, he, um, he named the horse after, after uh, one, of his, uh, one of his favorite ball players. So I thought it was cool. And, and he's got a nice horse there who's going to get a chance to show it off you know, later on. Is he the kind of horse that you're still hoping could maybe make it to Churchill Downs? I've always been fascinated when a horse has a name like that. I mean, I would liken it to a big blue kitten running at Keeneland. You know, you're going to get a different set of odds on it just because of the name. I mean, is a Tisdale or, you know, a basketball type of figure a oh, horse yeah. that we could we could maybe see at Churchill Downs? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, my goal usually as a, as a horseman that goes to, to uh, Kentucky every year is is I would like to win the big races where I go. That's my goal. If, if the good Lord is willing and the horses will let me, I would love to to win as many big races there as I can. So that's where my primary focus is when I'm there. Mm-hmm. And, and being a part of the Derby last year, did that change how your operation works or the success or the you know just people knowing who you are? I mean, did, did it did it change anything for you? You know, it's weird. It's like. Uh, I think you have to do very well in the Derby before they know who you are. But I'm very happy and, and was very surprised with how they know your horse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, they don't know me from Adam. I could be walking right beside them, and I blend in very well. And, and they, you know, no one will say anything. But if you said my horse's name, even though, you know, American Pharaoh was the star and there was a lot of other horses that performed better than we did, they know my horse. Mm-hmm. So that's good enough for me, you know, and maybe if we run, we run better, if I get a chance to go back, luckily, maybe this year or whenever, then maybe they'll learn my name. I've been with, with Nick Zito and, and 
Dwayne Lucas and and Bob Baffert, and I can tell you that fans know who they are. And uh, there's going to have to be a lot more success come my way before I'll expect anybody to know me. Well, the, when you look at far right, I mean, people are going to make the natural comparison just because you train that horse to Whitmore. Are they similar at all, or, or I mean, do you even think about that? No, no, they're not similar at all. They're uh, they're different. Far right is a horse with a with a ton of heart and pride, and he had he had a ability that was unbelievable. But uh, this is a complete different animal, mm-hmm. and uh, he's uh, he's uh, you know they're all so unique in their personalities. Far right was an easy to be around, cool, uh, very willing to try to please you kind of horse, aggressive on the racetrack. Where Whitmore wouldn't mind, you know, he wouldn't mind getting you down and, and playing a little more rough. You know, <laughs> he's not a he's not a, a lovable character. Yeah, yeah. And any any really bad experiences with him yet? No, luckily, uh, you know he's he's hard headed and uh, and he's everything that a that a good athlete can be if uh, if you know if they're very full of themselves. He thinks he makes all the rules and uh, he's he's not really mean. It's just he's sorry that we're not tough enough to play with it. <laughs> Well, look, Ron, I really appreciate you talking to me today. Uh, you know, best of luck Saturday. We'll, we'll be watching for Whitmore. Hey, there's one thing I want to tell you. There's going to be about. I looked at it okay. between Doug O'Neill, Bob Baffert, D. Wayne Lucas, uh, Jack Sandberg. Um, there's. I, I hope I'm not forgetting any of them, but there is a lot of past Derby winning trainers in this race. So, uh, and. Uh, I thought, you know, if you want to come and see some names you names you recognize, the Rebel will probably be a good spot on Saturday to, to visit. Well, you know, Ron Marquette's starting to, he's starting to be a name we recognize, too. So, uh, we'll, we'll... <laughs> Thank you very much. All righty. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Glad to have on the line this week uh, Churchill Downs spokesman Darren Rogers. Uh, he's at Derby Media on Twitter, and he knows a whole lot more about the first Saturday in May than a lot of people do. Um, Darren, it's good to talk to you again. I think you're the first uh, first repeat guest on the podcast. I don't, I don't know uh, if that makes you feel very special. Uh, it makes me feel very special. Always good to talk Derby. we uh about uh, seven weeks away now, so... Uh, these uh, races, as we move on in this uh, championship series, ever more important, and uh, I think we'll learn a lot more. Um, you know, of course, we've got the Rebel coming up, which is a mile and sixteenth. But once we get past this weekend, the uh, the distances get a little longer, going to uh, a mile and eighth, and 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 that'll tell. That'll start to give us a better indication as to uh, uh, the real top contenders for this year's Kentucky Derby. Well, let's start with the Rebel. I mean, mile and a 16th this Saturday at Oakland and a field of 14. Is there anybody, any horses in that field that, that stick out to you as, as somebody who would want the distance of the Derby? Well, I, I'm, I'm intrigued uh, by, by, by a number of horses in here. First, we have to start with sudden breaking news. Um, that performance in, in, in the Southwest, I, I would argue, is, is probably, Arguably one of the most visually uh, imp- impressive performances uh, on the Derby Trail this year. Uh, the way he closed uh, down the track. Uh, now it also set up for him a little bit, but I, I, I love the way he uh, rallied wide and 
and, and, and kicked on down the stretch. But I also, you know, I, I know as a handicapper and one that's watched thousands and thousands of races uh, over the years um, is that you can sometimes get caught up in those visually impressive performances, especially from the uh, come from behinders. Everybody loves a come from behinder. Uh, it always just catches that eye. Um, but but I, I'd like to see if he can duplicate that type of performance. Uh, I also thought Whitmore in that in that race uh, has a chance to continue to move forward. Um, and then a horse that, uh, that, that that's caught my eye a little bit uh, from the from the West Coast was um, Bob Baffert's Cupid. Um, this will of course be his first try against winners, uh, but in his first attempt to, to stretch out in a maiden special weight at uh, at, at Santa. Anita, um, he, 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 he bobbled at the start and then, uh, um, won very impressively. Um, obviously he's, he's late in the ball game, breaking his maiden on, on February the 7th. That's not a sign that, uh, uh, that suggests the Derby is going to be in your cards. Uh, you know, just history tells us that, um, I believe the latest horse to win the Derby and break his maiden, uh, I want to say is sometime in the middle of January, if my memory is correct. So, you know, he's got history against him. But um, by Tappet, um, I, 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 I like this horse a little bit. And so I'm curious to see how he measures up against what uh, Oakwan has to offer. A little bit, you know, Jonathan, sometimes uh, we can get a, um, a good read on the other circuits uh, when horses ship into, say, Louisiana or Hot Springs. Uh, Arkansas, um, because I, I, you know, Cupid, we know, we know he's not the A team out there in the West Coast. That's very strong this year with, you know, Nyquist, uh, Exaggerator, um, Dancing Candy, and More Spirit. But um, how he performs might tell us a lot about how strong that is. Yeah, yeah. You talk about those races from last weekend, and, and we got to see the A team run. Did that? cause any shakeup in your mind of who the number one derby prospect is at this point? No, you know, my, you know, I mean, look, the, the, the fans, I know we're going to talk a little bit about the future wager. The fans obviously, you know, are, are all on, uh, Mo Heyman, um, who was sent off at, as the seven to two favorite in, in, in pool three as the individual choice. Um, uh, and then out West, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of more spirit. Um, I, I think he'll continue to get better as the distances get longer. And then on the East Coast, I'm a big fan of Chad Brown's Shagoff. Um, and, and it's and it's funny, I, and I'm starting to wonder if I'm a little bit of a sucker this year, because um, you know both More Spirit and Shagoff, they look like the same horse to me, especially with their running styles. They both look like they're getting better as the distances get longer. They both look like grinders. They don't have a dynamic. They have enough speed to put them in position into a race, but they don't have like that explosive um, uh, turn of foot, or at least they haven't shown it yet. But I do believe that they'll get better as the distances get longer. So I'm a big more spirit guy. Dancing Candy, uh, you can't knock them. I mean, what what an outstanding performance 
performance against Snake's company against a strong cast. Exaggerator uh, looked like a winner on the turn with a, uh, a, 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 a solid move. Maybe it was a little bit too early if I'm going to nitpick. I don't know uh, because he hung a little bit at the end. But I thought that was a good effort to, to, to move forward in the, in the next stage. What, what is your opinion of Destin, the Tampa Bay Derby winner? I mean, he, he went out and set a, a track record, obviously, in a race where, where Derby winners have come through and used it as a prep. I mean, do you have any, any opinion on that? Well, I tell you what, that's, a, that's, that's the number one wild card question, uh, Jonathan, because if you, if you look at uh, – first of all, I thought it was an outstanding visual performance, right? Um, and, and I thought outwork his stablemate ran a, a heck of a race as well. Uh, first time, I don't get the impression Destin is on the A team in Florida. Um, and, and and here's let me let me just you know obviously Todd Pletcher has to separate his horses. He's always got you know a number of horses, but he also knows what's down there at Gulfstream Park. So he sends Destin over to Louisiana, and the, and he doesn't run well. Perhaps he just didn't like the track. But his performances of his last two races have been absolutely outstanding. And they're some of the strongest, you know, if you look at speed figures, they're they're very strong performances. I just don't get the impression he's as strong as the top horses in Florida. And, and, and that's why Todd shipped him there. So I'm a little more reserved on my praise of him. Um, based off of the level of competition, it's you know what it is. It, let's just draw a little March Madness analogy. It's it's you know he's he's a little bit you know he might be the uh, the the uh, the the MAC you know championship winner that's got a record of twenty seven and three. But let's see what they do when they face somebody from the ACC. <laughs> you mentioned the future wager. I was kind of surprised to see you know Dustin closed after that win at fifteen to one and Dancing Candy at seventeen to one, despite having all the weekend. Buzz. I mean, did, did you all just see all the money come in early on that, or I mean, what do you think happened to leave those prices on the board for them? Well, you know, this this was an interesting future wager. I love to participate in it, um, um, and 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 it was and it was very difficult to take you know um, some of these odds this far out. So you know, like let's just go in order of of, of preference. You know, you have Mohamed. Um, you know, he closed off at seven to two. I just can't take a horse that short. And, and and this is no knock on Mohaven. There's a lot of people that believe he is all that in a bag of chips. And I'm not saying he's not. We might have talked this about this on the original podcast, the, the, the launch. All I know at this stage is he is absolutely brilliant going a mile and a sixteenth. And that extra three sixteenths of a mile at say odds of seven to two, eight weeks out of the Kentucky Derby, I'm just I can't take it. I just I can't do it, um, and and then Nyquist seven to one. He's done nothing wrong. Um, I I just uh, you know I I I still have to see him as the distances get longer. Say a mile and eighth. Is he as effective? Uh, you've got more spirit taking money at twelve to one. Still a little short. Uh, uh, breaking uh, sudden breaking news is fourteen to one. Shagoff is at fourteen to one. I got down on him at thirty one to one, so I'm in in pool two, so I'm excited about that. And then Destin and Mo Tom were next. And then, 
you had a bunch of these horses running um, over the weekend in, in both the San Felipe and the Tampa Bay Derby, so it's no surprise that the ones that did not run well uh, did not take money. Uh, you know the the um, you know economic models, the Uncle Linos, they 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 all ran up the track. So um, I, I just it, I don't think it elicited the most excitement. Um, because there were a lot of question marks after like Brody's cause. I mean, his effort in, in the Tampa Bay Derby, uh, it, you know, is a big question mark. Did he not like the track? Now he's up against it. You know, and he's, he, he's got to secure and run a, 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 you know, big top four type finish in, in whatever his final race is going to be. So there's, I think there's still a lot of question marks out there. And in the top end, um, there's still some question marks, but they're short odds. Mm-hmm. There any you know newcomers to the scene that you like? I know Matt King Cole was at it as an interest, and, and you know forty three to one was was pretty high on the board. But people are liking yep. him as an allowance winner. Anybody like him or, or horses coming on late that you would expect maybe in the last round of preps to put in a big effort? Well, you just nailed it right there. I mean, uh, I think I think the two horses that offered value, um, the best value in my opinion. Um, at this stage, were were Matt King Cole at forty three to one, and then Swipe at thirty one to one. Swipe is up against it. It's going to be he's going to have to have a perfect schedule with no hiccups in order to make this Derby, and it'll be off of one race. But let's not forget, you know, if 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 you got down on Swipe in Pool One back in November, he was eighteen to one. Uh, we did not offer him in pool two because he had not yet had a workout and we knew he was going to be up against it. Um, but, but he's come back and he's had some workouts. I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a race, say like the, uh, like the bluegrass comes here to Kentucky and, and, and that's his one shot to get into the Kentucky Derby. Uh, but him at 31 to one. And then Matt King Cole's a very intriguing horse for Linda Rice. Uh, I, I can't wait for him to tackle, um, the stakes company. And I, I would imagine he probably stays in New York, uh, at, at the Wood Memorial. Um, uh, but, but, but he's, uh, you know, he's going to have to take on some, some top competition. Chagoff will be there. Um, uh, Greenpoint Crusader, I'm betting is leaning, uh, that direction. Uh, unless he goes to the Louisiana Derby, which is also possible as well. But, uh, these, these races are going to be very interesting. And, um, I'm still holding on to my big bomber that I gave you uh, a while back, Shakamot, for uh, uh, Roger Atfield. He's been training forwardly uh, down at uh, uh, Palm uh, Beach Downs, but you know they had that equine uh, virus uh, at, at, at Palm Beach Downs where the horses were isolated. I believe that's since been lifted. They were talking about lifting that this week. Um, I think it was one horse down there had it. And so you couldn't, you know, they weren't accepting horses from anywhere, but I understand Roger Atfield's going to target the, uh, uh, the spiral at last, I, last stage I heard. And if he's as good as I think he is, he runs big in the spiral. His first test on dirt would come in the Kentucky Derby. And then we might be thinking, huh, I wonder if this is the next animal kingdom. And I hope so, because I'm down on him uh, through a Las Vegas bet at 175 to 1. And we've got, we've got audio proof. I mean, what's that, going back about five weeks? So you, you know, Yes, you, a whole five weeks. You, are, you might be the only person on the bandwagon right now, but it, you could be, get crowded later on. You know, you've got that seat saved. So. Yep. All righty. Well, Darren, um, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. I, I really appreciate it, as always. Always great to talk, Derby Jonathan.
Pleased to have on the line Mary Rampolini. She's the Mid-South correspondent and handicapper at the Daily Racing Forum, who uh, is always providing the greatest workout videos from Oakland Park and all the, the preparation leading up to the Rebel Stakes. Uh, Mary, how are you doing? Good, Jonathan. How are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, we got a full field for Saturday, which I guess has got to be pretty exciting for the people down there. Uh, when you look at the draw in the field, what, what sort of sticks out to you? Well, one point that does stick out, uh, Jonathan, is sudden breaking news. He won the Southwest Stakes uh, with a big closing rush here last month. Um, he did that from the 13 hole, and he's going to have to come back and try to do it again from a very wide gate because he drew 14 in uh, the full field of 14 today, uh, Wednesday, um, for, for the Rebel on Saturday. Do you Are you a believer in that horse? I mean, was that more than just a, a, a one-time go we had in the Southwest? Do you think he can repeat that again? Well, that's a good question. There's a couple things to consider there. Uh, number one, it was run on a good track, so it wasn't run on a fast track. You had a wet track to consider. And also, he's a horse that he had an ideal trip. There wasn't a, wasn't a straw in his path. You know, he just cruised on by everybody. So he's going to have to get another good trip in this full field. I will say from a talent standpoint, um, I think he is a, a talented individual. Um, I think some things have to go his way from the gate uh, standpoint and, and weaving his way through some traffic. I also think he has more speed than we saw last time. So he is a horse that can be a little closer. And um, he's just a big striding horse who, who gets over this track beautifully and has looked very good uh, in his preparation for Saturday. So so I do look for him to run back well. And this race is interesting to me because you've got, uh, you know, I don't want to call them new shooters because I think it's such a hokey term, but <laughs> you've got horses coming <laughs> coming from the outside that, that haven't faced this competition before. Uh, you know, Rallis, the grade one winner, Cupid, and, and Cherry Wine. Have you had a chance to see those horses on track yet, or did they arrive too recently to, to have trained? Yes. Um, let's see. We had uh, Rallis and Cupid came in Tuesday. Uh, from Southern California, they flew in, and Cherry Wine will be coming in on Thursday uh, from South Florida. So um, Cupid and um, uh, I did not watch them train uh, this morning, Wednesday morning. It was just their first day out of the flight, but I'll be watching them tomorrow. Uh, so I think they just really did some uh, little minor stuff today coming off the plane, mm -hmm. and I'll get a chance to get a good look at them tomorrow. Is there, from that local contingent, you know, other than sudden breaking news, anyone that any horse that sticks out to you is somebody you'd maybe be expecting a big run from on Saturday? Sure. I think a lot of people will look for Whitmore to run back well. He was second in the Southwest. He also closed very well in that race. And I'm looking forward to seeing how a horse named American Dubai, he was third in the Southwest. I'd like to see how he comes back and, and runs. He was up with the pace all the way through the Southwest and, and held third in a really good effort for, for really just his third career start. So I, I think he might be a horse of interest. What kind of intrigues me about the Rebel, a $900,000 race, um, you know, it's, it's a grade two, but it's had so many great horses win it in recent years. What is, can you kind of put in context how big a deal this is at Oakland for, for the people there, you know, both, both in town and at the track? Well, good. Yeah. Great question, Jonathan. This is a very important race. Um, like you said, there's been a lot of good horses that have won it. So from a national standpoint, it's been a very productive race. Last year, for example, um, uh, American Pharaoh came in. And he started his year in the Rebel. So from a, there was a lot of buzz, you know, from a national standpoint that the champion two-year-old 
was going to start his three-year-old season in the Rebel. But also from a local standpoint, it is his second big biggest day of the year uh, for Oaklawn outside of Arkansas Derby Day next month. So they should have a very large crowd. It looks like the weather is going to be very um, agreeable on Saturday. So it is a very big deal in the Hot Springs market, the Rebel Stakes Day. Mm-hmm. You talked a little bit about sudden breaking news and, and Whitmore. Uh, I had maybe questions about, I see horses like Spike Sherrill and Mad Tab. Now, I don't know anything about these horses. I'm never, do you know, sure. I mean, are any of these horses live in your opinion? Well, you know, in a lot of ways, this is a pretty evenly matched group as far as if you're going to look at them on paper, look at their buyer speed figures. Uh, sudden breaking news is going to come in with the best last race buyer in the field at 93. And then a lot of the other horses are in the high 80s. So they're very competitive. As far as Spike Sherrill, he is supposed to get here Thursday from Fairgrounds, according to his trainer, Dallas Stewart. And he's a horse that was second left out to Jensen, who's kind of a nice horse in New Orleans. So he met that horse in the allowance race last time and they ran well. And, uh, you know, Dallas Stewart said he wants to give this horse a chance uh, to see where he's at with him, you know, to give him an opportunity in a race like the Rebel, a points race for the Derby. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so he's an exciting horse. And, um, you know, I, like I said, there's a lot of, there's some evenly matched, uh, evenly matched things here. Mad Tap is coming off a big local allowance win. And uh, so he, he's an interesting horse, won by six lengths last out. And uh, so he's another horse to watch. And Creator was a very impressive maiden win winner here a few weeks back or three or so weeks back. So he's he's another horse of, of interest. Mm-hmm. So you've kind of got these horses that have got to step up and make some credentials for themselves, and they may very well do that on Saturday. The, the one other horse I wanted to ask you about was Discreetness because we saw him win the Smarty Jones, and there was you know obvious, obviously played the strategy well in that to kind of start John Court riding him hard midway through the turn, knowing he had the short stretch, and then didn't didn't really you know show any of that next time out in the Southwest. What, what do you kind of chalk that performance up to, and, and do you think he's capable of, of doing more on Saturday? Um. Uh, yes, well, I do. I do think he's a nice horse. I, I like discreetness a lot, actually. Um, as far as the Southwest, he came out of the 14 hole and just was really hung wide. Uh, his trainer, Jinx Fires, just just kind of was really tossing out the race. This horse had a very difficult trip, and you know, he ran he ran further than everybody else in some people's minds and some estimations because of the wide trip. But also he was the uh, high weight in that race at 122. And so he spotted most everybody in the field, I think a minimum of uh, five, uh, maybe ranging up to seven, seven pounds that day. So he did give away a lot of weight for a young horse, mm-hmm. you know, just, just getting going here in this two-turn prep, prep situation. Yeah, and you talk about it being a big day on Saturday, and, and everybody here, of course, knows the name Untappable, um, the 2014 Kentucky uh-huh. Oaks winner, re- returning in the Azari. Have you had a chance to see her train much, or you know, what's kind of your opinion about, about how she looks right now? Yes, um, yes, I have had a chance to see Untappable train a lot. She's put in um, her last few works uh, here at Oakland, so she got in a few weeks ago, so she's been settled in um, from New Orleans. She did a lot of her earlier work in New Orleans and she uh, appears to be a very happy horse in her most recent work Monday. She just was really striding out, reaching very nicely in a very kind of maintenance type move for her. So she seemed very happy uh, coming up to Saturday. I I think she's coming into the race very well. 
And the, and the one other graded stakes race on the card, the, the Razorback for older horses, um, you know, who in that bunch uh, maybe sticks out to you? Yes, well, well, Upstart will be the starting high weight, so he's going to start his four-year-old season. Of course, he was an exciting three-year-old uh, last year, so it'll be interesting to see him uh, get going. I believe it's his first start since the Pennsylvania Derby last September. Um, I have been watching a horse here locally named Idolo Porteño, and he was the uh, horse of the year in Argentina in 2014. And he is really a beautiful moving horse and has worked very well uh, over the local surface. He's been down in here training uh, since December, and uh, he's going to make his North American debut in the Razorback. I'll be very interested to see how he does. And um, he is a horse that his trainer, Ignacio Correa, looks to move to turf later in the year. Uh, but this horse is a group one winner on the dirt, and he also has you know, group one success on the grass. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing this horse run. He actually is, is one of my uh, fun points of the day, <laughs> Saturday. Yeah, and, and you know, looking from a national scope, I mean, uh, Santa Anita has the, the grade one Santa Margarita, but, I mean, you look at that, it's kind of otherwise all eyes on Oakland. A, a really big day, and, and, you know, glad to have you on to preview it. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Yeah.